Hello and welcome to Music Makers San Diego, where we shine the light on San Diego area songwriters and their music. From solo artists to duos to songwriting band members and more established songwriters as well as up-and-coming ones. I'm your host, Gary Lee. My guest today is Aaron Markland, also known as Seawall Prophet. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you on the show today. Before we get started, I want to give a shout-out to Brian from Slacky Ohana for yes. sending my way. I appreciate that. Brian's the man. Yes, indeed. Now, you were born and raised in uh, Ocean Beach, right? Born and raised, yes. I am a fourth-generation Obetian, which Ob is... Obetian? Almost. Well, I guess fourth-generation San Diegan, third-generation Obetian. It's funny, because I used to live in OB, but I never never knew what to call myself. Once an Obetian, always an Obetian. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're one of us, Gary. So you still live there? Still live there. So I did, um, yeah, long story, but I did my travels around the world, came back, and now I'm back in the house that I grew up in. Really? Which was owned by my grandfather, who died at sea as a Portuguese fisherman. So a lot of history there. But now I'm back in Ocean Beach. All right. Back to being an Obetian. But That's again, right. as you said, once an Obetian, always an Obetian. That's right. Um, <laughs> I read that your father introduced you to the likes of Hendrix, Dylan, Muddy Waters, the Almond Brothers, to name a few at an early age. Do you remember how old you were at that time when, when that was introduced to you? Wow. Uh, I mean, at my earliest, some of my earliest memories are playing in the garage and looking through my dad's old vinyl collection and picking out things I liked, I didn't like. Uh, of course, Hendrix stuck, Dylan stuck, you know. So my dad, he, that was my earliest memories was going through his collection. Um, and yeah, that made a huge impact on me. Also, my dad's a blues man. He plays harmonica. So he introduced me to all the Old, old-timer blues dudes. My favorite probably being R.L. Burnside, I would say. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, blues lover myself. Right. So I can't shake that. I, there's always a little blues in my music, but... And so, so you'd say then that those artists uh, influenced you and, and impacted your sound? Absolutely, uh, 100%. Uh, another early memory I have, I had an old Nickelodeon radio that I would listen to before I went to bed as a child, and I would always turn it to the Oli station. And there would be Soul and Motown on there, Sam Cooke, Otis Redding, The Temptations, that kind of thing. And that was like the first music that I remember really sticking with me that I chose on my own. And to this day, I can't shake uh, writing old sappy love songs, man. <laughs> I love it. Well, the old Motown sound is oh, it's beautiful. incredible stuff. Yeah. Um, so you'd say some of the, the Motown sound also influenced you? Uh, absolutely. Influenced your sound? Yes. And I think... That's probably one of the biggest influences on my songwriting is probably Motown, uh, and particularly their vocals. Because mm -hmm. I've always thought of myself more as a singer. Guitar was always just kind of supplementing that. Um, but I learned from all those guys, man. I mean, they just put their heart and soul into every time they sang. Uh, you can really hear it come through the music. When did you pick up the guitar? I started playing in high school, and it was when I was playing... Um, well, actually, my cousin Dave, he taught me my first few chords, and then I started playing um, worship songs, at, like Bible studies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was my first break with the guitar, and I would just work with those first few chords, man. And I started writing songs, and um, of course, the first hundred songs were terrible, but eventually I started getting the knack for it. You <laughs> Got to start somewhere, right? right. <laughs> yep. um, so you're, you're basically self-taught on the guitar? Self-taught, yes. Outside of those first few chords right. that you learned? Yeah, so I have had some teachers along the way that, um, friends of mine really that are incredible guitar players that have come along and shown me a few things. 
recently, I, I feel like I've had a huge breakthrough at guitar, um, thanks to my a buddy Fabian Luna, and he's in a band called Amped Owl Drive in Albuquerque, and he's just one of the best guitar players I've ever been around, and he's shown me some things that just really opened my eyes to specifically guitar leads. Mm -hmm. um, and then another guitar player I want to mention is Chris Price, and he's in my band now, um, the Seawall Prophet Band. And if you haven't seen him play live, you have to, because he just opened a whole new world for me. He's actually the reason why I bought a Fender guitar, switched to Fender Electric. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was sinning or something, because I was always Gibson before that, but... Hey, cheating on he, Gibson, he, huh? Yeah, he converted <laughs> me. So. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you and your brother, uh, your brother Justin, you formed a punk band while you were in high school. That's um, right. What was the name of the band? Thanks to Puberty. Uh, we formed a punk band. Uh, it was called Soylent Green. And we were just a rude, crude teenage punk band. Um, our idols were Black Flag, Minor Threat, Operation Ivy. Um, and so I thought I was a little mini Henry Rollins. I shaved my head, started screaming. Did you really? Yeah. Not quite worship music, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, quite a, quite a different uh, path. There. Yeah, right. <laughs> From yes. worship to punk, huh? Yes, the dichotomy of man. <laughs> And how long did you uh, have this band? Uh, we were a one-year band because my brother was a senior. I was a freshman. Uh, and so we just cranked out some music for a whole year until they left for college. Um, and actually, it's kind of funny because we learned our instruments like within a week. And then we recorded an album within a month at my Uncle Jack's studio in his house. And I did all the vocals in the bathroom. And it sounds like I'm singing in the bathroom. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I want to mention, my Uncle Jack is in Ass Pocket Whiskey Fellows here is in he San really? Diego. And so he was a huge influence on me, too, growing up. Watching okay. him play in all I'm, sorts of bands. I know who he is because I just saw him recently. At uh, yeah, Tio Leo's? Yes, I did. All right. Yeah, I saw him there. In fact, they're going to yeah. be on the show. They're coming on uh, in, yeah. a, in a couple Those of months. Those guys are great. If, if anyone out there listening has not seen the Ass Pocket Whiskey Fellows, please go look them up because they're a lot of fun. I saw somewhere um, a gig that they're doing um, and it didn't say ass pocket, it said back pocket. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> they need to censor it. You know? <laughs> but they're, they're not a very censored band. Especially no, their no, not at all. Dive. Yeah. When it gets riffing, yeah. it's, it's a fun time. I, I had a blast watching them. I went up to Belly Up to see them recently and it was like one of the best shows in my life. So much fun. Yeah. You're going to play three original songs for us today, yes, three of your originals. What's the first one? All right, so this is the first single off of my uh, new EP. Uh, this song's called $100 Boulevard. And uh, this song is actually based on a true story. I was walking down Newport Avenue and I found a $100 bill laying there in the middle of the sidewalk. Picked it up, waved it around. There was nobody in sight, which is rare for Newport. Uh, yeah. And so there you go. And then this, this just kind of goes about that story. Uh, I, wanted, I purposely wrote it to be a positive song, to uplift people, and hopefully bring a little sunshine to their day. Here we go, $100 Boulevard. No more crying I'm on the wake up And get to flying high And today is a beautiful day Cause I got the kind of feeling And I'm feeling okay I look up and see 
see the sun is shining I was shooting for the galaxy but ended up finding One crisp, one a dollar bill And I got a pretty lady with looks to kill I'm so thankful Everything is wonderful Nothing is terrible And everything is perfect I'm so grateful Everyone is beautiful Nothing is terrible And everything is perfect Found a hundred dollars on the boulevard Everything is perfect I look up and see the clouds are forming I never know how I'm gonna feel in the morning Too late, I'm feeling great Clear skies, pretty lady, let's make a day And no more whining I'm on a take advantage of this time I'm finding Today is a beautiful day Cause I find a hundred dollars and I'm feeling okay I'm so thankful Everything is wonderful Nothing is terrible And everything is perfect I'm so grateful Everyone is beautiful Nothing is terrible And everything is perfect Everything is perfect I was walking down a wonderland but ended up stepping on a person who was certain only asking for a hand to see a friend to see a foe are we both humans all the same I'll give it all away cause everything is perfect I'm so thankful everything is wonderful nothing is terrible and everything is perfect I'm so grateful, everyone is beautiful Nothing is terrible and everything is perfect I'm so thankful, everything is wonderful Nothing is terrible and everything is perfect My wife is pretty, my kids are awesome I live in Ocean Beach and everything is perfect Nice. I like the ending there. All right. <laughs> and as you said, that's available on your, your new EP? Yes. Yeah, so uh, this song right here is already on Spotify. So if you go there, it's also on all the other streaming platforms, iTunes and whatnot. Uh, the rest of the songs um, are going to come out December 9th. But you can pre-save the rest of this, the album on iTunes exclusively. Now, when you were in your uh, punk band, yes, you played guitar? The, in no, the band? so I was actually a pure vocalist in that band. Oh, okay. Yes, and um, my good friend Matt Wee was on guitar. My brother was on bass, and then my friend Maury was on drums. And and it was strictly a cover band. No, well, you strictly did originals? originals. Really? Yes. You did originals. some of the titles. Everything sucks. For example, <laughs> it's a classic. You'll have to look it up. And actually, that whole album is on my YouTube channel as well. If you want to go check it out, hear me screaming as a ninth grader. So all originals back then. All originals, yep. So I've always been into original music. I've, later in my life, I've started playing covers, but I've always wanted to just write brand new original music. That's where my focus is. That's where my passion is. So the, the originals in the band, they were mainly yours, or did others write too? Uh, so Matt Wee, my guitar player, was the main writer. Um, my brother also wrote some of the songs. So we were kind of all collaborating because I wrote 
some of the songs as well. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they would bring like a piece of music and then I would just put a bunch of garbage lyrics to it and, you know, scream until my voice cracked. And yeah. That's punk rock right there. <laughs> uh, now, after the band, um, you formed another band with your brother. This time, though, you added your father and a family friend into the mix, right? Yes. So um, it's a silly timeline, but I did a, a solo album before that, actually, up in L.A., uh, and that was my first time recording an entire album by myself. Then after that, I formed the family band with my dad on harmonica, my brother on bass, and then Uncle Randy Jones on drums. And uh, that was more inspired by blues um, and kind of heavy 70 rock, maybe. Uh -huh. Like if you fused R.L. Burnside and Led Zeppelin, that was the Marklin band. And we did really well, man. We played uh, the world-famous Whiskey A Go-Go twice. We nice. uh, headlined the paddock stage at the Del Mar Fair. Um, we were on the main stage of the OB Street Fair. So we got around in the short time that we were together. And, and what time period was that? Shoot, when was that? Um, 2014, around that time. And um, we recorded our only album at um, Head Trap Studios, also Cabeza Records in uh, La Mesa. Uh, Michael, Michael Head. Head. Yeah. Yep, he, he runs that place, and he was our producer on that album. So good dude. Shout out to Michael. I wonder if... Uh... I used to work at the fair. Oh, nice. So I, uh, who knows? I might have seen you there. Right. Didn't know. Yeah, we could have crossed paths. Yeah. Did your father um, play professionally prior to the band with you? So if by playing keggers you, you mean <laughs> professional, then yes. <laughs> yeah. He was in a band called Espionage back in the day. And um, you'll have to ask him more specifics about that band. But that was like the pinnacle, I think, of his professional his pro music experience. But Okay. Um, he certainly has always been a music fan ever since, and he, I feel like he gave me a good, uh, solid knowledge, musical knowledge growing up. And the band, what kind of music were you playing? Uh, for the Marklin band? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty much, I would consider it hard blues rock. That's right, you did mention it. Yeah. More of a blues band. Yeah, it was, it was like, um, we were kind of hard though, like we would go into places and kind of blow people's minds a little bit. My dad, they called him the Vanilla Gorilla. Because uh, if you see him, he's just like 200 pounds of solid muscle, and he would jump around the stage and sometimes shake the mic so much that it would hit me in the mouth, and he would unplug some of my cords because we were basically moshing on stage while we were playing. So, <laughs> so I think that some of that punk rock influence got in there too. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like playing, um, playing with your brother and, and your father? Oh, the best, man. There's nothing like playing with your family. Um, yeah, I mean, there would be... I mean, I distinctly remember moments where we would catch each other's eyes in the middle of, you know, a performance on stage. It's just like, dang, we're here, man. This is so great. Just living in that moment, you know, getting to experience that. And then also I've had the fortune of uh, jamming with my mom. She plays bass, too. And she played with me a couple Seawall Prophet shows. And I had another good friend, Shane Darcy, um, from the band Puerto, play drums for me. That was a cool experience, too. So it's a, <laughs> a, a, a definite... Uh... Musical family, then. Absolutely. Yep, I, I got it all from them. And, and songwriting, you said, was... You started pretty young then, in ninth grade. You were already doing your own original music with, right. with your punk band. Yep. Something then you've always wanted to do, you said? Yeah, I never, um, I never really saw it as like a, like a real option in life to be a professional musician. So after high school, I didn't know what to do, and I joined the military. And then that was... an a crazy experience and then the fire department and then I went full circle and it wasn't I always played on the side part-time 
but I never knew that it could actually be a career mm -hmm. until later in my life uh, when I was in the fire department and then, you know, things started happening, rolling, um, moved back to San Diego. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to go in head first. And so I think since um, 2017, I've been playing music full time professionally uh, since I've moved back to San Diego and I'm living the dream now. And, and the songwriting uh, since, again, since you were in, in high school? Yes. Is that, was that kind of a steady thing you've been doing, just always. on, on yes. the side? So, like, when I was going on my military adventures, I always had my blue Washburn guitar with me. And everywhere I went, I took that with me. And I was always writing songs, no matter I w where I went, trying to craft the skill. Um, and to this day, I have five full-length albums that I've recorded, all original, um, not to mention a couple EPs and singles. So, And then I've got probably 100 other songs waiting to record. In so the vault, we'll huh? see. Yes. Yeah. But that's where the producers come in to tell me, that song sucks, this song's good, let's go with this right, one. Right, right. Are you listening to Music Maker mm -hmm. San Diego? I'm talking with Aaron Markland, also known as Seawall Prophet today. Let's hear another one of your original songs. What's, All right. What you got for us next? This one's called Already Gone, and if you pre-save the EP on iTunes, then this is, you'll get this song immediately. Uh, this, is a, this is a love song. My wife actually teases me about how every song's about her. But this one was absolutely inspired by her. Uh, but it's also about dying and going to heaven, perhaps from too much moonshine. So here we go. Already gone. Baby, I'm all, already gone. Baby, I'm all, Already gone Baby, I'm all Already gone Baby, I'm all Already gone You ask me if I'm falling in love I'm six feet down And I never will, never will, never will Touch the ground no, I never will, never will, never will touch the ground You ask me if I'm flying high I'm in the clouds And I never will, never will, never will come back down No, I never will, never will, never will come back down Baby, I'm all, already gone I'm all, already gone Baby, I'm all, already gone Baby, I'm all, already gone I must have drank the potion of love It's a twisted thing And I always will, always will, always will wear this ring Yes, I always will, always will, always will wear this ring When I fall into the steep dark eyes I fade away And I never will, never will, never will beg to stay No, I never will, never will, never will beg to stay Baby, I'm all, already gone I'm all, already gone Baby, I'm already, already 
So explain the name Seawall Prophet, if you would. All right. And this, this is what you go by now, right, professionally? Yes, so this is my professional stage name now. Uh, so this kind of was a rebirth. Um, I feel, feel like I've gone on a lot of journeys. I've recorded a lot of albums under different names. So this is kind of funneling it into one project. And it all goes back to Ocean Beach. I mean, the Seawall, I feel like that's the center of the universe. It'll always draw me back. I surf at the pier. It's in my backyard, so... Obviously, I have to throw that in the name. And then, uh, I don't know, my parents, they, they raised me um, very religious. And I feel like I tend to think existentially, maybe a little too much. And so the prophet is just really a metaphor on man's search for meaning and purpose on the earth, uh, of which I'm also searching for. And so you'll hear that a lot in my songs as well. It's kind of just blending the two ideas, you know, philosophical and also my own home. Let's talk about your songwriting. All right. Are you a disciplined songwriter uh, where you actually set a time and day to write? So I have two children. So my songwriting happens when I have those few precious moments where I can sit down in peace and <laughs> bang out some songs. So, Are they young children? So I have an 11-year-old son and a 3-year-old son. Well, with the 3-year-old, that gets difficult then. Yes. The 3-year-old, he uh, has a lot of energy, very spirited, wonderful, bright child. And he breaks a lot of things, and he makes <laughs> me feel tired a lot of times. <laughs> that's that's yes, parenthood, what right. can I say? It's parenthood. <laughs> so, uh, so, man, really, really, when I um, have some downtime, I, do, I actually have a place still in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I travel back and forth. And so usually when I'm there at that condo, that's like my writing space. That's when I get everything done, send my music emails, you know, call the right people and write my music. And for me, it's just if I have the time, then I know, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to at least carve out this hour of time and I'm just going to work on songs, either writing original material or learning new covers. And for me, it's not, um, it's not really a, there's no formula. Um, a lot of times I write with starting with chords or a melody, um, but this whole EP was more written around rhythm and beats, mm -hmm. which was different for my songwriting. And it kind of opened up a whole new, avenue of filling in the slots in between rhythm instead and then coming later with the melody and the lyrics last. Do you want your songs to be relatable? Do you like them to be relatable? I try to write um, as open to interpretation as possible. I try not to get too specific. Some people write about very specific subjects and tell a specific story. I more like to write to where hopefully someone can garnish something from it somewhere, <laughs> you know? And sometimes I even write a song first um, and then I don't even know what it means yet until afterwards I go back and read it and I'm like, oh, this is what I'm trying to say, you know? And then maybe I'll hone it down from there to make it 
palatable so that people can actually understand it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I didn't understand it, they probably won't understand right. it. So uh, absolutely, I try to write for as many people as possible. Do you consider yourself to be more of a songwriter than performer, or is it equal? 100%, yes. If I had to pick one aspect of music to do the rest of my life and drop all else, it would be songwriting. For me, um, there's nothing more satisfying than, it's almost like building a house, and then to see the full finished product, and you're like, man, I built that, you know? Like, that came from me, you know? It's just, I don't know, the power, power of creation is inspiring to me. And especially when I go into the studio with an idea, and we start recording it, and then you hear it at the end, and you're like, wow, man, that actually didn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, to me, that's the most gratifying part about music. And performing is fun. For me, that's just a big party. It's like celebrating the songs, mm -hmm. you know. So seeing the, 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 fi the finished product is, is the most satisfying thing for you? Well, I, I guess the, the, the process itself, because, I mean, there, there's so many magical moments where I'm by myself, and I come up with an idea, or I hit a certain chord pattern, and, and it makes me feel an emotional reaction. Like, oh man, this might be something special, and just the, the hope of the song. You know, mm -hmm. that little seedling is exciting to me. You know, not knowing where it's going to go. Right. Tell us about the third song you're going to play for us. All right. This third song is called "Final Song," and uh, one of my, <laughs> and so naturally I'm going to play it last, but. Uh, <laughs> One of my biggest fears is ceasing to exist and never seeing your loved ones again. Um, and so this song is grasping at the idea that a part of us will always carry on through eternity um, and hoping that what we do on earth echoes through the cosmos in some way, in some form. So this one's called Final Song. It's my final song It's my final song It's my final song It's my final I'm a 
music carries on to a place where nothing's truly gone. I meet my savior with the song I sing, and no guitar is the only God I've seen. So I'll keep on strumming till the strumming's done. your new EP? It is, and it's actually the final song on the EP. On the EP, too. All right. Um, and, and the name of the album, the EP? All right. The name of the album is Off the Ledge, uh, and let's see, by the time this airs, it's It'll already going to be out on all streaming platforms, so Spotify, iTunes, um, you name it. And, and it's under the name Seawall Prophet. Seawall Prophet. The EP is called Off the Ledge, and it's on Pacific Records, produced by Patrizio Pixley. I got to mention him because me and him sat down and we kind of banged out all these songs. I already had uh, the ideas for them, but then me and him just kind of honed them in and, and then uh, we took them, took them home together. So big shout out to Pat. Yeah. How can people find out more about you, where you're playing, where can they get the music? All right. So just go to seawallprofit.com and you can find all the links to streaming, uh, tour. Um, there's even a link to Pacific Records if you guys want to check that out. They've got an incredible roster over there. Um, so yeah, seawallprofit.com. That's where you want to go. Aaron, thanks for being on the show today. Thoroughly enjoyed talking with you and, and right. uh, listening to your music. Continued success to you, man. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate everything that you do. Thanks for having me on. That does it for another episode of Music Makers San Diego, where we shine the light on San Diego area songwriters and their music. From solo artists to duos to songwriting band members and more established songwriters as well as up-and-coming ones. Until next time, I'm Gary Lee. Have a good one.